0: Hey, friend! This is one of my absolute favorite topics and one of my favorite things to work with clients on. We're going to talk about mom guilt. And I think, especially during the Christmas season, our mom guilt can feel like it's at an all time high. And so today we're going to dive into three thought patterns that are keeping you stuck in mom guilt. And I'm really going to walk you through how to start releasing. The hold that mom guilt has over you in your motherhood. So if you're constantly feeling a lot of expectations and the weight of all these different pressures from society and all these ways that you feel like you're never quite measuring up, if you find yourself constantly feeling like you're beating yourself up, you're in a lot of negative self-talk and you're like, how do I get rid of all this negative self-talk? If you want to feel more confident in motherhood and like you're truly truly feeling that peace and freedom, then listen in and we're going to really explore what is at the root of our mom guilt and how we can break free. We're going to do this together. We're going to do this with the Lord. So buckle up and let's dive right in. Hey friend, welcome to Arm to the Heart. I'm Megan Gephardt. I believe life and motherhood is a gift. I believe each of us are born with a unique mission we're meant to fulfill I believe babies and dreams can and do go together. I believe it is possible to pursue the dreams in our hearts and also be a great mom at the same time when we let God lead us. I believe it takes a village and a whole lot of grace and that military life and motherhood is so much better when we do it together. So let's put on the armor of God. Let's run this race set before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ for the early part of my motherhood the weight of mom guilt felt absolutely crushing and i was constantly drowning in it and it can be so easy to feel like we're never enough no matter how hard we try no matter how much we do like it's absolutely impossible to measure up and we can end up you know lying awake at night just feeling like we're we're falling so short of who we want to be and what we should be doing or what everyone else is doing we can be so afraid that we're failing our kids feeling shame around our mistakes and, you know, the ways that we aren't quite living up to, you know, what we expect of ourselves even or just worried that we're not really giving our kids what they deserve and so if this guilt, if this self-doubt, if the inadequacy, if the negative self-talk or that kind of overwhelming sense of these expectations and pressures to be perfect as a mom and to be a good enough mom, if that feels like a sort of constant companion on your journey, whether it's in the Christmas season over the holidays or just in general, then this is for you. And I've come a long way in this thanks to learning so many more tools for how to navigate it truly how to manage this in my mental and emotional health, in my spiritual life. And I know this is incredibly common and normal as a part of so many of our motherhood experiences, but we don't have to stay stuck here and that is the truth. And so I'm going to break down three things that are keeping you trapped in guilt that you were really never meant to carry, my friend, and then we're going to cover some simple steps to manage those triggers as they come up, the common triggers that I see in my own journey and in the women that I coach and walk with. And we're going to walk through how to begin to break free from these vicious cycles so that you can really step into the joy that God has meant for you in your motherhood and to feel more confident that he's really equipping you for everything that he calls you to be and everything that he calls you to do in motherhood and to really let go of the rest. So when we look at the importance of our thoughts, our thoughts are so powerful because our thoughts are linked directly to our emotions. The words that we choose basically in our thought patterns, both the ones that are at the subconscious level and conscious level, but mostly subconscious, deeply affect, you know, our mood, our state of of being, our whole experience our mind really controls our body in so many ways and so our emotions are really just like the sensations that come based on whatever thoughts we are thinking and our thoughts are really just sentences going on in our brain at any given time and so you know we all ideally want to be speaking words of hope and not discouragement we want to speak kindly to the people around us but and many of us do right we're so generous to the people around us we want to serve the people around us we want to be encouraging and lift up the people around us however How many of us are so mean to ourselves? We are just our worst critic. And so, you know, what happens when we're often speaking to ourselves is we're just beating ourselves up so much and just drowning in negative self talk all day long. And what happens when we end up ruminating in our thoughts all the time? We just fall victim to them. And The cost of that is that we never feel like enough. We're always feeling inadequate. We're always falling into self-doubt. We're always feeling like an imposter. We're just weighed down by insecurity and self-consciousness and guilt and shame all the time. And even beyond that, it amplifies our stress because many of us end up feeling even more overwhelmed and even more anxious across the board in motherhood. So our emotions are a result of our thoughts. You know, we have a certain thought about a circumstance and then our emotions flow from that thought. And oftentimes we might not realize this because we are experiencing an emotion and we're just like, it's just happening to me. It's just happening to me because of what's happening to me externally. But the truth is that it's actually coming from our thought about the situation. And so if we can get to the root of what that thought pattern is, and we focus on renewing our mind, as scripture calls us to, then we can really have a more mature relationship with managing our mind. And our mental and emotional health will be a a million times better of a place than if we just allow ourselves to be victims to our thoughts all the time and to that harsh inner critic, that judge that just wants to beat ourselves up all the time. So we really have a choice here, and I really want you to feel empowered in that. So... The biggest tip that I can give you is to, as you're doing this work, this inner work, to examine what's going on in your mind and in your heart. I really want you to approach it from this lens of curiosity and compassion, this sort of curious compassion over a judgment, a condemnation, a criticism. So even if you're you're kind of growing an awareness of how negative you tend to think. I don't want you to judge yourself for that because what you're doing is you're applying a whole nother layer of shame over top of you're probably already shaming yourself in the first place, and that's part of the negative thoughts that are happening. It's creating shame, but now you're applying a whole nother layer of judgment over that judgment that's already there. And so we want to get curious about it. We want to be compassionate with ourselves in those moments so that we can take that step back and we can be a little bit more objective about the situations and allow ourselves to process our emotions in a healthier way. So I want to give you three different thought patterns that you probably are tending to fall into that are keeping you stuck in mom guilt. So, growing in awareness of these is going to be the first step, and then we can move forward from there. So the first one is exaggeration or hyperbolizing. So this is for example, blank was or is horrible. My kids are just awful. My toddler's behavior is terrible. My life or home is falling apart. My life is chaos. I'm a terrible mom. I'm a failure. You see how it sounds really dramatic, but we talk like that all the time to ourselves, right? You know, and so look at and take note of those times when you are hyperbolizing in your mind. And that's something to be aware of. It's a trap that we fall into. The second one is generalizing. So if you're telling yourself always or never, any of those words are coming up, that's a big red flag. I want you to, to just like take note of that. Take a mental note. So I always blank. I never blank. I am always blank. I'm always late. I'm always exhausted. I'm always overwhelmed. And so clarifying your terms can really help here. What do I mean by clarifying your terms? Basically, when we are kind of examining our thoughts so that we can renew our minds, looking at actually defining each of our terms so that we can, we can really kind of peel them apart a little bit and maybe detach from them a little bit more can really help. And so, for example, I'm such a horrible mom. Define horrible, you know, or I'm not good enough as a mom. Define good enough for yourself. In that moment, you're associating good enough with a certain kind of external standard. And so what exactly are you comparing yourself to? What is the metric of sort of success that you are measuring yourself up against? What are you making whatever that situation is mean about you as a mom? And most of the time, it's it's not really actually warranted. You know, we're making up this whole story about, you know, why, you know, we make, let's just say we're late one day picking up our child or we are, you know, we drop them off at daycare and they start crying because they don't want to be separated from us. Now we are making up this whole story in our head about how that makes me a bad mom and we fall into so much guilt or, you know, I'm taking some time to go to the gym today and I'm leaving my baby with a caregiver or my spouse and that makes me a horrible mom because I'm not spending enough time with them. I'm not spending every waking minute of my day with them. So just get really curious about what your own definitions are for yourself of your metrics of success, your metrics of good enough, and all of those kinds of things. And that can be really helpful. So clarify your terms. Another one that I see often is in our pregnancy and postpartum timeframes. I see a lot of women falling into kind of measuring their own progress up against a sort of external standard. So they feel like a lot of times we're like, oh, I'm so far behind from where I should be. Um, you know, I'm I'm behind everyone else and all this stuff and so defined behind, you know, defined caught up or, you know, I'm I'm always I'm always behind in managing my home. I'm never I'm never caught up, I'm never ahead. Define each of those terms ahead, caught up, behind. What does that mean? You know, and and then we can really say, okay, am I holding holding myself to a realistic standard or not, you know, in the first place. And it can just be really helpful to help us kind of break down these thoughts that can be really feel very sticky to us, you know, and, and be super loaded. So whatever those loaded terms are for you that hold a lot of weight in their connotation, those are the ones I want you to actually clarify and to kind of break down. So whenever you're, again, anytime that it's a generalization though, always or never, like I never have enough time. I'm always overwhelmed, right? Can we take a step back and say always, never, like, is that really true? So those are some things to be be mindful of. The third pitfall that we fall into in our mindset is labels and over-identification with our emotions. So I oftentimes will notice this in myself and in my clients that I work with of when we call ourselves, you know, I am an anxious person. I am anxious. I am overwhelmed. I am afraid. I am judgmental. I am resentful. I'm just emotional, I'm ugly, I'm inadequate, I'm fat, blah, 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 whatever it is. You know, we are basically over-identifying and causing this sort of oversimplification of it. We're over-identifying with our emotions because now we are making it mean something about us. And the difference between guilt and shame is that guilt is like, you know, we failed or we made a mistake and now we are feeling a certain way about it, right? Right. But then shame, it, it makes it mean something about our identity and our worth as a human being. So now it, shame basically applies, okay, I failed, so now I am a failure. That means that I am not good enough, that there's something wrong with me. And that's where we tend to go. We tend to go in those spirals when it comes to mom guilt. And so it's this very vulnerable. If you look at these three different types of thought patterns that we tend to fall into that drive us into deeper mom guilt. It's these vulnerable sort of identities that it's all or nothing mindset. It's sort of this false choice between, you know, I'm either perfect and I meet that standard of perfection, whatever perfection looks like in my mind of being a good enough mom, or I'm worthless. And so we're like going between these two extremes and we're clinging to this. We have to have this purely positive identity, which is again, dependent upon being perfect. So Whenever we are confronting these things about ourselves, that may be either you know're we're, we're falling short in some way or it's kind of we're not just we're not able to be who we want to be in the moment or something like that instead of beating ourselves up completely, we can kind of look at ourselves instead with compassion in the context of whatever's going on and move forward with more awareness but a little bit more from an objective place of getting curious about maybe what's at the root of that misalignment. so if I'm not showing up as a mom, I want to be instead of just being like, I'm such a horrible mom, I never blah, 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 I always blah, 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 Um, you know, I'm failing my kids, I'm ruining my kids, I'm never going to be good enough, all of those things, then why don't we look and say, oh man, I completely lost my cool with my kids today, you know, I'm, I wonder what was, what was going on there, you know, I wonder why it was so easy for me to get so frustrated with them today, I wonder why I felt so triggered by you know, whatever just happened. I wonder why I don't have much patience today. And we can take that, we can take that step back with curiosity and self-compassion and we can then identify, okay, what's the unmet need that's behind my actions? Like, because the fruit of our thoughts and our emotions is our actions or our inaction or our reactions. And so when we're reacting in a way that is uncharacteristic of the mom we want to be, let's just say, with our kids instead of just beating ourselves up about it and driving ourselves into deeper hole of guilt and shame and over identifying with that let's take that step back and say you know I wonder what happened there and how can I now resolve obviously you repair the relationship in the way that needs to be repaired but I can also look at it with humility and and learn from that situation and again go to the root which is oftentimes going to be you know maybe we're super stretched thin maybe we're really overwhelmed by these other loads that we're carrying and we feel alone in that maybe we haven't had a break or any time to ourselves for like the entire week you know maybe we just need a little bit of breathing room and none of that makes us a bad mom it just makes us human and so you know where are we beating ourselves up for those ways that we're falling short but we're not also giving witness to our own humanity and giving ourselves grace for being human We're instead letting those mistakes define us and mean something about us I can never do anything right, you know, and it seems it might seem dramatic, but we truly, if we really actually take us to back and look at what's going on in our mind, it probably looks something like this, and it's such a debilitating and crippling reaction. So the more we become aware of our triggers for mom guilt, the more we can start to identify, you know, what are what are the narratives and the stories that we're holding. Onto and we're kind of clinging to about what makes us a good mom and what constitutes a good mom and what oftentimes we have these ideas of being a good mom only looks one certain kind of way. And so if we can really actually evaluate that, then we can decide with more like from a truly empowered place what our vision is of who we want to be as a mom and how we want to show up to our kids. And and it's all based on who God is calling us to be, right? Because each of us has to discern that. So the more we can kind of open our mind and heart to receive God's wisdom there, and we can also bring our thoughts captive to Christ in obedience to Christ, we can process our emotions, we can renew our mind. We can kind of do this sort of thought recon to uncover those hidden destructive mindsets, many of which are keeping us from actually showing up as we want to as a mom and from being fulfilled in our motherhood. And so it's this transformation of our mind and heart. And when we take that step back and we're willing to examine these things with, again, a holy curiosity, a compassion with God's grace and leaning on his mercy all along the way with his grace as the true change agent, he can bring so much healing through this and he can help us to release the, the stronghold from the enemy of those thought patterns that are not grounded in God's truth of who he says that we are and our identity in him of those things that we are, that are just not serving us. So we can ask ourselves, is this true? Is this true 100% of the time? Is this true in this situation? Is there a potential different way of looking at this? Could the alternative be true? Is this thought serving me? You know, where is this thought leading? How does this make me feel? And how does that make me show up? You know, and when we really break that down, we can start to see based on the trajectory of our thoughts, how it's then contributing to our actions and having this overflow impact into our relationships with our children and our husband and particularly our families. This is really the case mostly within our families that these things end up playing out. And so both our emotion and our thoughts, they need to be subject to God's truth. And we need to fill our hearts and our minds with truth over lies. This is going to allow for us to make mistakes, to have failures and to not make it mean that we are a failure when we fail. And, you know, I think getting more friendly with failure is just so important as mothers and learning how to be more compassionate with ourselves and forgiving of ourselves and other people instead of approaching it all with fear or judgment or just this harshness to it. You know, we can accept ourselves and our humanness for what it is and, and then it gives us The ability to have the same amount of grace and even more grace with our children, you know, through their developmental stages when our toddlers are pushing all of our buttons, you know, when their behavior by society's terms is bad. We, we can recognize it as, okay, this is developmentally normal for them. There's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with me as a mom. Just because they're acting out and throwing a fit in the target or they're not sitting still and being really loud during mass, that does not mean anything about me as a mom because that is normal and, and developmentally appropriate for them. And I need to have reasonable expectations with them in the first place, so that I can give them grace, I can help them through this, you know, I can continue to teach them emotional command, but if I can't be regulated enough emotionally myself, then there's no way I can teach them emotional command, you know, and I'm instead going to impose my own insecurities as a mother upon them, and that's going to cause further harm and division in the relationship that needs to be repaired down the line, and so we don't have to make our children's behavior mean something about us either, you know, and so those are some examples that I think we, we tend to fall into. But it also means that we are going to have to be willing to pay attention to our emotions. And I know this can be uncomfortable for those of us who have been kind of taught to bury, to suppress, to hide from our emotions, to run from them, that they're not safe, that it just um, is something that we, it's not welcome in the environments that we're in. And so what are some of those false beliefs that you might be holding about your emotions? Some of the ones that I was holding is that emotions are good or bad, that they're moral or immoral, if they're negative or positive. And that's just simply not true. That's simply not true. Just because we are experiencing a negative emotion, a negative emotion is not inherently bad. It's just human. It's part of a human experience. And the depth of our human experience is just a range of so many different emotions. And you look at Jesus Christ, the the absolute model of a human being right because he's also God he's perfect and without sin yet he experienced the depth of human emotions and so we we know emotions themselves are not the problem and all emotions even those ones that are really painful that are really hard to deal with that are that are negative when you look you know we would kind of define them as that those can be channeled for good just like God works all things for good for those who love him in the same way our emotions can be a powerful force for good especially those ones that are you know we tend to be more uncomfortable with so maybe it's you know we're outraged about injustice that can be an amazing channel for good because it can fuel our passions in the way that God means for us to create change in the world positive change in the world but on the other end of the spectrum, right, what happens when we aren't able to manage our emotions, when we allow our emotions to manage us, that's when it has that bleed over effect into all the different areas of our life. When we spend so much time and energy dwelling on it, when it becomes unresolved internally, when it then becomes pent up as trauma in the body, when it bleeds over into our relationships in our work, and it's, it pulls all of our, drains all of our energy and attention in all these sneaky ways that we don't even take account of. And the longer we let it fester, the bigger it becomes and the more it comes out in it breaks out in the ways that we don't want it to. So if we pay attention to those sources of negative emotions in our life and we manage them accordingly, we set boundaries, we can better discern, you know, what our our influences from the enemy and spiritual warfare in motherhood, and a lot of mom guilt and the shame is because shame is not of the Lord. And so that allows us to then really Kind of collect ourselves enough to aim that energy in, in useful ways to channel those emotions for good. So we can be more intentional about managing our thoughts. We, can, we don't have to allow our external circumstances to affect our own experiences, our own mood, our own p- internal peace. We have the capacity to really allow and process those thoughts in a way that then we can recalibrate And regain our emotional command by moving through the waves of those emotions and experiencing, again, the depth of human emotion that is healthy to experience instead of bottling it up. We can face the challenge head on. We can face those emotions because we're not afraid of them. We face them. We allow them to be felt. We allow them to be seen and to be heard without repressing them. It can become an amazing and beautiful part of our contribution. So going back to mom guilt we are all doing our best even when we don't feel like we're enough and so much of the source of mom guilt is often our perfectionist tendencies where we might be used to you know overachieving used to doing everything and doing it well and motherhood just throws us for a loop because it's new there's no such thing as perfect in motherhood you know maybe we, we all have this family history we have societal pressures we you know may have in in many ways. Through motherhood, we we have those moments where we probably act in ways that we're not proud of. Maybe it's we raised our voice at our kids, we lost our temper because we got frustrated and we were, you know, at the end of our rope, we maybe are feel guilty about leaving our baby crying for a couple minutes while we're taking a shower. We feel guilty every time we drop them off at daycare. We feel guilty for working and not spending all of our time with them and feeling like we're missing all these precious moments with them and milestones. We have so many unrealistic expectations of how we are supposed to be as moms and it's it's ridiculous because society sends us all these conflicting cultural messages and irrational demands like okay asking for help means that you're weak strong means that you can do it all being a good mom means that you can do it all but my friend you don't need to do it all all by yourself to be super mom and everyone expects us to be right but we're human you know and and you don't have to prove yourself you don't have to Change your body's appearance and make it look like you were never a mom to be a good mom, to be beautiful. You don't have to be a perfect mom to be worthy of love and acceptance. You know, it's like these mixed messages of, okay, make sure you honor your need to rest, but then also feel you should feel guilty if you can't get it all done on your to-do list. Okay, you got to go chase your dreams, but you also should be ashamed of your failures. You're only good enough when you can be perfect at everything you do. You know, all life is just supposed to be hard and overwhelming all the time. You have to please everyone else and meet everyone else's needs. Otherwise, you're rude or, you know, not enough. Be confident, but there's no one teaching us competence and how we can really rise in our mindset and our skill set to meet whatever new demands come on our plates, to include motherhood. And we oftentimes don't really pause to consider how damaging these expectations that are irrational are. So we have to push back and draw firmer boundaries here. We have to recalibrate our own expectations and understand how to filter out society's voices, which are often, there's which ones we need to let go of and then how to let go of those pressures. If we're idolizing a certain image of motherhood, certain standards that we have to live up to, you know, again, those definitions of those terms of what makes a good mom, what we should do, what we need to do, what we should always do, how we should never be, What feels heaviest to you in that? What do you feel like you're not measuring up against specifically? What are those unspoken, unwritten pressures that you are feeling? So clarify what those metrics of comparison are. Permission to let go of anything that doesn't align with when you take that step back and you really ask yourself, who do I want to be as a mom? Permission to decide what matters most to you and to say no to the other things, to include whatever you feel like you have to put on your plate in this Christmas season in order to make you a good mom. I instead encourage you, I just urge you to think about how do I want to show up as a mom during this Christmas season and what is going to foster that? What is going to create space for that? What is going to enable me to do that? And I guarantee you, it's it's probably not adding more things to your plate. It's probably not adding more events, more activities and all of that. It's probably... Slowing down, actually. Taking more time to rest so that you can be fully present with your kids. So that you can cherish all of those simple, beautiful moments of connection with them. So let go of the guilt if you feel like your house is a mess or you can't get ahead of it. Let go of the guilt if you're not feeding them gourmet meals. Let go of the guilt if they spend a good portion of the day at daycare. Focus on quality of time over quantity of time if that's where you are in this season of life. Let go of the guilt if you are doing a workout because you need that to take care of yourself too instead of playing with them every single second of every single day. Let go of the guilt if you need to take a nap instead of folding that laundry or doing those dishes because they'll be there for you when you're done. Focus on knowing deep in your heart in your soul that you are a good mom versus having to feel in every second externally validated to feel like a good mom. And I think so many of us beat ourselves up for, you know, not feeling like we're productive enough. But the reality is that motherhood is full of so many unseen, thankless tasks, right? We are doing so much throughout the day, but it can feel like we got nothing done at the same time. But we kept these little humans alive, and there's so, so much hard work that goes into that. And you are truly on 24-7, you know, and, and society doesn't give us enough credit for it, truly. It might feel like nothing when you look and you're like, what did I do today? But chances are you did everything. You did the most important work that you could ever do, which is within the walls of your own home. So let go of that guilt and shame. There is nothing wrong with you. You are not a failure. You are an amazing, amazing mom. We will we'll all make mistakes. We will every single day. And it's okay. We will learn and grow through the experience. We are only human and we are imperfect. And we are imperfect parents. We have imperfect children. God knows that because this is a fallen world. And our biggest, biggest responsibility is to continue to guide these little ones to heaven, to turn back to God when they fall short. And so if we are feeling all this pressure to live up to perfection, then we are not also able to model to our kids what it looks like to turn to the Lord when we can't be perfect. Because we're, we were never meant to be perfect in the first place, but instead we can turn to Jesus Christ, who's saving grace, makes us worthy. It makes us whole. It makes us enough because he is enough. Not us by our own merits, by our own abilities, by our own skills, by our own performance. None of that. So there is no better mom for your little ones than you. None of that imperfection takes away from the love that you have for your children, how much you want, what's best for them, or the truth that God has entrusted them to you for a reason. He does not make mistakes. He didn't make a mistake in making you the mom of your children all God asks of us is to give our best and we can give it all we can give it all to him all that we are all that we do all that we have to him and he's going to multiply everything that we give he's going to fill in all of those gaps so yes there are going to be lots of moments where we fall short and you are not failing your kids you are not a failure so that's the truth when you're beating yourself up whenever you're hearing that constant negative self-talk whenever you're feeling the weight of guilt or shame about the ways you might not be living up to your own expectations or society's expectations of a good enough mom, whenever you feel like you're not doing enough, remind yourself those truths with a whole bunch of self-compassion. Receive the grace and the mercy that God wants to give you and ask yourself, what is God asking of me and how can I do that more fully with my whole heart versus the expectations you're placing on yourself or the pressures that you are allowing in from society. So awareness of those things, that has the power to change our whole life and our whole motherhood experience. Discerning, me discerning of whose voice is speaking to you, whose voice is influencing your thoughts, because again, our minds are a spiritual battleground. The enemy wants to steal our peace. He wants to steal our joy, our freedom, and motherhood in every area of our life. So run to the Father, let him remind you who you are in his eyes. Let him remind you the truth that you are his beloved daughter and that with grace, with and in Christ, we are enough.